All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Coming in hot is presented by Botano. The game starts now. Here are your hosts, Brent Wallace, Jason York, and Bobby Ryan. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Brent Wallace, alongside Jason York and everybody's favorite grilled guy cookie monster, uh, Bobby Ryan. <laughs> Gentlemen, uh, good afternoon. So far, so good. It's all working. I will gloat later about picking the Ottawa Senators because uh, it was never a doubt for me, really. Uh, <laughs> and we have Mike McKenna coming up later in the show. How about that game, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That speechless a, i'm speechless tough, bobby yeah that's a tough one that's a tough one for us to lose uh to let wally get did that get you back to 500 too it's two did. and two he's two and, he's two and two so, two and two so we'll get to this ah. after because uh I, I got mike mckenna uh, waiting and i know he's only got a limited time so i want to get him on to talk lots of things and i also cool. need to find out um the nickname you gave him the other day which we'll get to that too so uh this show is always brought to you by botano go to botano.ca or download the app uh, and we'll get to our lock of the day later, which uh, you should all listen to me and no longer the smartest man in hockey, Jason York, who's struggling right now. Uh, Botano, uh, online casino and sportsbook. The game starts now. Also by Renfrew Pro Tape, uh, RenfrewPro.com. Uh, they are the industry standard when it comes to pro hockey tape. Bobby Ryan, all of his goals were scored, thankfully, using Renfrew Pro Tape. He wouldn't use any other kind. Uh, feel the game with Renfrew Pro. Go to their Instagram account, uh, Free Tape Friday, and uh, shop online with Renfrew Pro, uh, the one with a green core, and by BEI, Bonisher Excavating Inc., uh, the leaders in heavy civil general contracting in the Ottawa Valley, equipment sales, 
um, equipment rentals, I should say, aggregate topsoil sales, all kinds. They are hiring all for the summer uh, or for the spring, I should say. Get your resume in to uh, bonusyourexcavating.com. Give them a call, 613-432-1120. And we will get to the Montana's contest a bit later in the show. Uh, but first, I want to welcome in a Senator, I should say, and a guy who's played a lot of NHL and uh, pro hockey these days from Daily Faceoff, the NHL analyst himself and longtime teammate of Bobby Ryan, which goes back to Anaheim, Mike McKenna. How are you? Hey, I'm good. It's it's kind of funny to be defined as one team, right? Because Ottawa was just one of the like 23 stops for me. So, but yeah, I guess say, former man. senator for, and you know, twice in the organization. So I'll take it. <laughs> hey, listen, <laughs> I only think of you as an Ottawa senator. Dust, eh? <laughs> There's a lot of duffel bags below those jerseys. <laughs> Buddy, I got track suits for days, man. <laughs> I've, do I've donated a lot of them over the years. <laughs> That's so good, man. Good to see you, though. But... You too. Are you, in a, are you in a closet right now, Mike? Like, what's going on? That's a pretty narrow room you're in there. What's going on? Yeah, it's, um, it's my guest room closet slash home studio. And it actually has natural <laughs> lighting. I don't know why we built the house with a window in the closet, but here it is. So this is just my beautiful face with natural lighting and it. it's a great place to keep all of my, my goalie masks are lining the top and some of the other memorabilia. So um, I don't want it, the house to be about me. So I, here I am in the closet where I belong. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Are you, Hey, are you, in, uh, where are you in Vegas? St. Louis. No, I, I, uh, Saint, oh, I despite okay. it job. Uh, so when I finished playing in 2018-19, which Sens fans will remember me unceremoniously from the 2018 portion and a little bit in 2019, that was my last year pro, retired after that, and immediately took a job with Vegas on their broadcast team, did pre-post and intermission for them, um, did color commentary on the American League side for the Henderson Silver Knights for a little while, and then uh, this is my second year now with Daily Faceoff and living in St. Louis, which is my hometown. I never actually moved to Vegas. I was commuting there two, three weeks at a time. So here I am in oh, St. Wow. Louis and doing the youth hockey thing with my six and nine-year-old daughters and trying to make C1 players as best as they can. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, if, if I'm not like mistaken, the Nashville, you... bud, come on down. Good. We're close. We're uh, within striking distance. It's only about four and a half like away. It. That's not bad. <laughs> Mike, if I remember correctly, you played for Las Vegas Wranglers ECHL early on in your career, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's where it all started for me. After St. Lawrence, um, I was drafted by the Nashville Predators. Um, they elected to sign somebody named Pekka Rene instead of myself in 2005. It seemed to work out pretty well for them and for Pekka. Um, Pekka probably made about $60 million more than I did during my career. So good for him, a Vesna and an NHL goalie goal. And uh, yeah, so then I went to the ECHL as a free agent and kind of worked my way up from there before my first full season in the American League when Bobby and I were together uh, with the Portland Pirates in 2007, yep. eight, that was in the Anaheim Ducks organization. Yep. Yeah, we had, we had a good run down there too, actually. Um, who... And you can clarify this because we had a starting goalie that broke his ankle playing soccer before the game, right? Um, yeah. Was it ya was it Yanni Hermy? I was trying to think of the name. JS Alban. So, hey. <laughs> yeah. What a. I'll let you this tell. This was it a it's wild one of my season. 
Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, it was. And, and this year was crazy, right? I didn't start the year in Portland. I was going back to Vegas to play my third year in the ECHL. And a week into the year, they needed a goalie in Portland because Bobby Gepford hurt himself on the dance floor at St. Cloud or something like that. And they weren't going to put him in the American League once he got healthy. And then, uh, you know, they basically didn't have anybody, right? J Jonas Hiller wasn't healthy yet. And they had JP Levasseur, who they wanted in the coast. And Gerald Coleman was there. And just, they needed a guy. And so I went there in American League one way from Vegas. I flew. My girlfriend, now wife at the time, drove 45 hours cross country from Vegas to there. But uh, so we get there. And I played pretty much the bulk of that season for the team. It ended up I earned a lot of yeah. playing time, stayed there, played 40-something games. But come playoff time, Anaheim needed a third goaltender um, for their playoff run and for somebody to, to carry the load in the American League. So they went out, they got JSO banned from the LA Kings, and Obes started to um, – he played the bulk of the playoff games when he wasn't hurt. Well, Obes did manage to almost break his ankle or roll his ankle playing soccer beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> and he still went out and tried to take warmups. So this is like yep. game four or five against Wilkes-Barre, second round or something in the playoffs. And he the goes out finals. and tries to take warmups. Yeah. And I took like three shots. And, I, and Kevin Denine comes tearing in afterwards and he's just sweating bullets. He's like, can you go? I'm like, yeah, sure. Let's go. And I ended up going in and yeah, conference finals, we ended up losing in. I guess game six, game seven. We were up in game six in OT. I managed to lose that game for us. They put Obes in for seven. He played on one leg, and we lost two one in overtime. And um, yeah, yeah, and then I remember it. Wilkes-Barre uh, went on to lose I, in the finals. I just remember we used to call JS afterward. We and then because two days after the season, he was walking a golf course, and we were like, "Buddy, what are you doing, man? Like, you got to be." Yeah. We, and then his nickname, his nickname was NFA, and it's then for non effing athlete because you broke your ankle playing soccer before a game. <laughs> yeah. But it was it was a he yeah, was, it was a good year. We had a lot of good laughs that year. Yeah, that was a good team. That was one of the most skilled teams I ever played on. Like, I was definitely an ancillary part when you think about, I mean, Bobby, we knew Bobby was destined for glory, but you also look at the other guys on that team that were really solid. And, you know, even like Brian Salcedo, who didn't get a lot of time in the NHL, man, he, this guy had like 60 points as a D-man there and set oh, records. And, yeah. Oh, dude, yeah. And, you know, we had a lot of really skilled players. Drew Miller was on that team amongst others. So, yeah, that was a really good yeah. year. It was. Uh, quickly, I'll let you in while I, I asked go ahead. Bobby. <laughs> no, that's okay. I asked Bobby um, at one point. I was like, I, we're bringing up Mike McKenna, and did you have any stories? And I'm like, does he have a nickname? Because I don't ever remember Mike McKenna having in. Anyway, so Bobby said, I have a story about that. So who wants to tell the story of Mike McKenna's nickname? Well, I guess it was it was less of a nickname, but um, and it <laughs> I couldn't believe this because there was almost 15 years between when him and when the, he and I played together and he still had the same one and it was the rattler um because of that <laughs> mug that you ran around with um and yet that mug yeah. I was I could not believe that all the places that that mug has been um and all the podunk cities <laughs> that, that mug made it through but yep. you walked in the locker room and I was like there's no way so his nickname was always the rattler I feel bad that I didn't bring if I'd known in advance I would have had Henry along his name's Henry the the coffee mug Henry yes um yeah, yeah. I <laughs> I got him on a trip to San Antonio years ago and he it was my locker room mug. And I, and honestly, I just did it because I thought it was funny. Like, it's just stupid humor. It's completely up my alley. But here's the thing. It was a great icebreaker. Like when I'd meet somebody, they'd see it. And it was always like, what is wrong with this guy? And it was just, I think over time, you kind of learned it's just a goofy personality, basically. But it's, it's yeah. just funny because this thing is a 
Western diamondback rattlesnake with a tail. You know, you, you actually hold it where the rattle is. But Craig Ferguson ended up having, he had one like that on his desk. And I didn't know that when I bought it. So that's long, incredible. long story short, yeah, it's name's Henry. It's downstairs. And, and that was the nickname that I carried. I even had rattlesnake 56 on my glove at one point yep. uh, when I was in Springfield <laughs> stitched on it. So it kind of took that's on a life awesome. of its own. Never any that's thoughts funny. of getting it on the mask at all, Mike? Getting the rattler on the mask through all your years? No, because you know what? I actually, I, it's a pet peeve of mine. I really don't like goalies having nicknames on the front of the mask or having like personal things on the mask when it's the main theme. The backplate, do whatever you want. Like my backplate, I have a little character that my best friend designed for me for all my masks. And I'll even indulge you with that quickly that I'll pull this one down and you can see my little character was gritty in this mask when I was a member of the Philadelphia Flyers. And when I was with right, the, I when it. I was with the Senators, it was uh, Marvin the Martian. But the front of the mask, I always thought should be team oriented. So as you can tell, like I'm, I was very, like kind of streamlined towards the team that way. I think that's that's the old school way of it, man. Like big bold designs yeah. you could see from a distance. I don't like like the really airbrush things and like a stupid cheesy nickname like, like you know, Pricer or something on the chin. Like I'm picking up Carrie, but you know what I mean? Like you know, Billy or Stays or just, yeah. We know oh, your name. Man. Bassy. <laughs> yeah. The best nickname I've heard, I don't know if you've ran across a guy named Kevin Hodson in, in your, in your time, Mike. So uh, this guy was, was the best backup ever. I had him in the minors. The Detroit Red Wings. He had a shutout in his first NHL game, and he couldn't keep the puck because it had the embedded things in the 90s from Fox Sports. Yes, I remember him. I never met him. Yeah. So we'll, give, we'll cut this guy some slack because he put his nickname on the back of it. He actually gave himself his own nickname. He called himself Ticker. And bad handle, but he, he was one of those guys. Remember, the, you play with maybe a few guys where they get the bad heart, and they, it starts racing about – I don't know, 170 beats a minute. So this happened to Hodzi. Had to leave the team for, I don't know, a couple of weeks, comes back, and all of a sudden on the back of his mask, decides to start calling himself Ticker because of the heart. <laughs> so we cut him a little bit of slack, but man, what a beauty this guy was. One of the best backups ever. Actually had a nice little career in, in Detroit too. Uh, got in a little bit of time with the Red Wings as well. But yeah, I'm with you. The nickname thing, not a big fan of it. No. It's just generic. You guys, we had a guy in St. Louis that old. kept trying to weasel his way onto pro teams. That he gave himself a nickname Woggy the Wall and had it painted on his chin. Had like full <laughs> Islanders gear, and he was playing like as an emergency backup in the coast. And he said that he was playing for a team affiliated with the Islanders, so he got the gear and custom everything. It's like, I'm glad that you came for oh, money man. and they, your parents could buy you that when you're in your 20s, but you're not fooling anybody. Hockey <laughs> database doesn't let you lie anymore. Coaster e-bug, I love it. Woggy <laughs> yeah, the wall. Uh, one, before we continue on, by the way, we are going to talk about Ottawa Senators goaltending uh, currently. I know you've written about it on dailyfaceoff.com. We'll get to that in one sec. I want to do Tale of the Tape now, brought to you by Renfrew Pro Tape, where we get to know a little bit more about our guest, who happens to be Mike McKenna. Uh, 500, I'll wait, I'll wait for Alex to see if he's even, he might be asleep today. He did go to HR yesterday. There was an issue. Uh, a little late on a graphic. There we go. Uh, 575, the number of pro games, if I add it up correctly with my abacus. Uh, that includes the NHL, AHL, and the ECHL. Uh, 22, the number of pro teams played for during your 14-year career. Although you said 23 earlier, so I'm wondering if I'm wrong now. Uh, 231 AHL wins. 
puts you eighth all time. And number one, the best all time send chef. It was a uh, small poll, but we voted you in as the best chef. Because <laughs> the only guy oh, that I've man. ever known to carry knives in the backseat of the car so you could make dinner uh, wherever you were. It's 100% true. Uh, I bought my chef's knife at Knifeware in Ottawa. It's a Japanese Gyuda oh, knife. But yeah. So yeah, man, that's, that's cool. Like I actually, when you mentioned the teams, um, so it, I played games for seven NHL teams, but I dressed games for two more, Vancouver and Florida. So, right. you know, backing up for them, you get paid. Um, and right. that's, you I actually have the league record. A stat sheet. Right. I, I have the yeah. league record for NHL teams dressed for along with Sean Burke and Rod Tugnut. The difference is those guys both played about a thousand games and I played three dozen. <laughs> so it's, it's a crazy aside. Um, so I think it was like 24 total pro teams. Yeah. And then, the, you know, the one that I'm actually really proud of is that I know for a fact that I'm the most, I'm the winningest American born goaltender in NHL history. And to me, that's just really cool. Like the, the winningest yeah, NHL yeah. goalie is Ryan Miller and I've got the AHL side. So for me, that's cool because I spent most of my career in that league and it's something I'm really proud of. For sure, man. And you played with Andy, who has a number of, I think he's top five now, age, uh, sorry, American born goaltender wins, or he's sixth. I think he's fifth, mm -hmm. right? Like you've played some really good, talented goaltenders over the years. Who's your favorite? Whew. You know, I played with so many guys for a long time in the American League, but it felt like every time I got called up to the NHL, I kind of got to hero worship a little bit. You know, I got to be goalie partners with Roberto Luongo. Even for a couple weeks at a time to back up a few games and sit next to him was just like, right? Like, it's a guy I really looked up to for so long. Um, you know, doing the same, even like learning from Sergei Bobrovsky and being in the same locker room as Marty Brodeur in New Jersey. I mean, this is kind of mind-blowing stuff. Um, but Andy was awesome because we we both came from a racing background. Our dads um, yes, both did that. He's, I mean, he races now. I raced go-karts a bit. And we just, yeah. we, get, we became really close. And we still, to this day, talk, you know, really often and try to catch each other when we're in town. And, you know, for that couple-month span, I was a member of the Sens. You know, he was kind of the one guy who was, you know, really – you know, able to reach out and we were able to do some things sometimes, Bobby, myself, Craig, you know, like it just being in that Brook Street Hotel, guys, is it's tough when you're there for a few months at a time. So you're begging for any reason to get out of there. And Andy was awesome about it. That's good. Yeah. You kind of joined the early crew for dinner a few times. That was like, yeah. it was, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You kind of, you're like, oh, I'm not 20. I'm not going to dinner at eight o'clock. So you hang out with Andy and I, so the old goats going to dinner. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we, we were, we were ready for five 30 or six, man. Cause usually we had oh, yeah, oh, yeah. kids. Like, yep, I didn't have yep, to cause you gotta be back. Still in Belleville. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Um, Mike, can we, I'm going to, I don't mean to show, I, cause there's lots of stories you have about the Sens when you played here, but I want to ask you quickly, because I know you played with Anton Forsberg. You saw the injury. Uh, you're a goaltender. I just, your thoughts on seeing him uh, out for the season with uh, two blown knees. Oh, it hurt, man. It hurt me, Mike, personally to watch it, not, you know, and not even to have it happen to me. It's, I mean, he's probably wheelchair bound, the poor guy, for a little while here, you know, like you blow out MCLs in both knees. How do you recover from that quickly? And um, I was encouraged to hear that apparently, right, guys, it was reported that he won't need surgery, hopefully. Right. Uh, I suppose that's a good thing, but 
it's just usually it's one, not two. I've never seen that before. Um, and especially for Anton, knowing how he's really had to earn his way to his current contract and status in the league. And for me, he's been every bit as good as Cam Talbot, who's supposed to be yeah. your no, yeah. your number one. I thought they were both just as good. And I think Fapa can be uh, could even be a number one in the league. So, you know, it hurts that way. It's probably good that it's at least in the back half of the season and he has two years remaining on his contract. Because when you look at the comparables here, to me, there's not a big delta, you know. And I think, you know, Talbot has more experience. He has playoff experience, which to me is very valuable, which we may talk about, I'm guessing, um, thinking about trade deadline. But I, I think Forsberg, two seven five million bucks for this guy for the next two years, that's a big-time value for a guy that I think's really punched above his weight in terms of the defense in front of him. Um, and he's just an awesome guy, man. I remember when he came over from Sweden the first time we were in Springfield together, the American league. And I was the first guy that called him Fapa and stuck there. And I don't know if it's followed him around or not as a nickname, but I'm hoping it continues. Um, <laughs> but I saw this guy come over and I went, man, his mechanics are so good. I'm in trouble. And <laughs> cause he had my job the next year, right? I was out the door in Columbus and he was, he was the next guy in line and him and Corpusalo took over in the American league and, and I moved on to another team. Hey, Mike, what are you um, speaking of Forsberg? And and I heard you, you hear so many stories, but guys, you talk about him being a really well, well liked guy. The story was Christmas Day. He's in there riding the bike. He kind of lost the net for a while. Talbot was on a little bit of a heater. So Forsberg goes in there on Christmas Day and he's riding the bike. And then DJ gave him a shot after Christmas and he started playing really well. So I guess my question is for you. Nobody knows what's going to happen with the Senators' goaltending situation after this year. Do you think Forsberg, does he got the goods to be a guy that can carry the load for, like, be a starter in this league? Do you see that with him? Because you never know with goalies. It could happen later. But seems to be well-liked, seems to work hard. You're a goalie guy. I have no idea. I'm not going to pretend to be a goalie guy. But do you think he could be a guy that could carry the load here for Ottawa? Well, I think he's already shown it. You know, I mean, Talbot's a guy who has been a number one in the league, and he's matched that. He matched that. He well exceeded Matt Murray last year. So mm -hmm. I, I think really what it comes down to a lot of times for goalies like a Forsberg, who's largely been considered a number two, it's it's breaking the mold. It's rewriting your name. It's showing to people that I'm more than what I am. Because once you receive a label, it's really hard to shake it for a goaltender. And And I'm yeah. a great example of that. Okay. Like I didn't sign with the team that drafted me in Nashville. So I was in the coast. I had to work my way up every level and I had no juice behind me because I was never a team's prospect. That's just reality, right? Like I had to outplay my goalie partner everywhere I was to ever get a chance. American league, NHL, you name it. And I know for a fact, my label was, yeah, he's a good American league goalie. Well, yeah. I was never a prospect. I never really had a chance that when I outplayed my prospect goalie partners, guess who was going to get the recall? You know, and right. you can look down my, you can look down my hockey DB and compare those numbers and some of my closest friends, but I mean, Jake Allen, look at the numbers between us, Robin Leonard, look at the numbers between us. I didn't get the recall there, you know, not the prospect. Yeah. So you have to rewrite right. what your label is. And I think that now the good part, and this is why Forsberg was smart to take the deal that he did last year, a three-year deal with the same team that you got a little bit of juice with, with the sense is that there's familiarity there. And as long as you make yeah. good on it, you know that team believes in you enough to give you that contract. You go to another team and you still have to prove yourself. So, yes, I think Forsberg can play number one minutes in the league. I'm not sure if anybody believes that he can do that. That's the problem to me. 
I think he's going to be stuck in a 1A, 1B for the rest of his career unless he just grabs it by his throat. And on a team that's not very good defensively, how are you going to do that? You kind of, it's a chicken yeah, not and egg all, thing. Hey, you, you can't do that. You, we're going we're to take a beating. <laughs> I'm talking about the D. Our YouTube channel is going to blow up. <laughs> uh, we're not going there today, Bobby. I'm <laughs> great, but it's, horse, means, but it's, great. Just, it's just very chicken it's and egg that points. way. You know, like if he, yeah. if that yeah, team was good yeah. defensively and he killed it, man, he'd get that label. So yeah. I think he can. It's, it's I don't think he's the most dynamic goalie, but he's skilled enough he could do it. Yeah, it's crazy though, so, and, and and it's sorry, I'm sorry, Wally. Just okay. you, you say the juice, the juice behind him, and it's so true. It's the same with players too. If if you don't have a guy in your corner, you're fighting against the whole scouting staff that's got the pom poms on for this guy. That's the second round pick or the next prospect coming up, and we'll see what happens with Sogard here, how well he plays, because now he's going to get an opportunity, right? So it's going to be interesting to say the least. And uh, sorry, Wally, go ahead. No, all good. I, I just you brought up because uh, I, I know your time is tight. One, uh, the trade deadline's coming. So, what do you do with Cam Talbot? And two, you mentioned uh, actually a guy you played with earlier, uh, Corpusalo, as a potential maybe coming into Ottawa type replacement. Um, can you set us up for it? Do you see Cam Talbot moved at the deadline? Uh, do you think Corpusalo is the answer in Ottawa? Sure. So I have a piece out at Daily Faceoff today um, that kind of chronicles all of this, and I'll go through it. And, you know, for me, I, I think that Cam Talbot's gone, if you ask me. Unless Pierre Dorian knows that he's got a deal in the bag that he can extend Talbot, which he's going to be 36 years old. Does Talbot really want to stick around a team that's still rebuilding when he's getting to the twilight and still trying to win a Stanley Cup? I, I can't believe that, right? To me, Talbot's gone. Trade him. Get value out of him. And, but that would leave you with basically Mad Sogard, right? And Kevin Mandelise, who, where are you headed with that tandem? You can't do that for the mm -hmm. rest of the season. And honestly, I think Sogard should be in the American League the rest of the year. But what I think that the Sens would be really smart to do, you trade Talbot, you get what you can. The team doesn't have a third round pick this year or next year, okay? So wherever you can stock up in the middle, that's great. Maybe you take that same pick or a lower pick and you go out and you get someone like a Corpusalo, or maybe an Alex Nedeljkovic who's playing in Grand Rapids now in the American League, who's played good NHL minutes before, or, or someone of this lower, you know, one to, you know, one B type of goalie, maybe a one A who's fallen off the wayside that could grow into a role and also play alongside Forsberg for a year or two until Sogard is ready. You know, I think the Sens need a layover goalie. They need a layover tandem until the young young goaltenders are ready. And so that's why, to me, Corpusalo is just an example. I think he'd be a good fit with a Forsberg. He's been resurgent this year. It's somebody who, you know, he can't. He was playing hurt for the whole last year. He goes and he gets off-season hip surgery. He's been really good this year, miles better than Elvis Merzlikens. And I always look at that gap in performance between goalie partners. To me, that's critical when you're evaluating. Um, and he's been pretty good there. So I think Corpusalo, to me, he's probably, he's, he's overly athletic. Uh, he's kind of out of control. He chases the play at times, but I wonder if a change of scenery, change of goalie coach, change of everything wouldn't be good for him. And also playing alongside someone like Forsberg, who to me plays a very controlled, a very structured game. Goalies tend to learn from one another. So, you know, to me, you know, the Sens aren't going to contend for a Stanley cup next year or the year after in my eyes, I think they're on the right track. I think they got great pieces. They need to be healthy. But they got to let Sogard carry the mail for the year in the American League next year, I think. And if after that, you see where you go with your goalies, 
Even if Corpus is on a two-year deal, even if Forsberg's still there, you have tradable assets, and that's a valuable thing. So then my question is, I guess, uh, why can't you just buy into the Hamburglar Run Part 2 and get on board? <laughs> with uh, with Sogard? Or are you just going to yeah. pick up Hamburglar? <laughs> well, that maybe well, that's... Here's, here's, yeah. here's what I'd be very cautious about now. The Sens have been impatient before, okay? I mean, they and they've tried at times, right? Like they put, Robin Leonard won a Calder Cup and he went back to the American League, which was the right thing. Now, Robin thought he should have been in the NHL the next year. That was troublesome. And in any case, you move on down the road. Look at Marcus Hoberg. Hogberg. He wasn't ready for the yeah. NHL. I played with him. I watched him. He wasn't ready for the NHL. He got rushed into it. It got into the classic situation yeah. of a European player that you got to put a one-year deal on the back end to keep him in North America, and he wasn't ready. And now he's back in Sweden. He's not a member. It's a wasted pick. Now, Philip Gustafson, he kind of yo-yoed a little while, but they were patient with him. He gets his time in the, Amer in the NHL. It doesn't go great last year. He's out the door. Well, he's playing lights out for Minnesota now. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> I just think it's wise to give them time. And for me, if Sogard, even if he plays well, he's got to learn how to play a full season and be the guy. Because if, if, and this is the greatest predictor for me of any goalie at the NHL level is what they do in the American League. It's not what they do in a limited span in the NHL. It's what they do over the course of yeah. a full season in the American League on at least a decent team. And that's been tough. Like Belleville hasn't been very good, but Sogard's been up and down, but he's been pretty good for them this year. Hmm. Uh, would you have traded? This is a big thing now because you talked about Gustafson playing so well. Would you have traded Philip Gustafson last year to bring in Cam Talbot on a team that I guess was trying to make a playoff push? See, I, I still like the deal, even though I just said that I, I thought it was a little bit impatient with Gustafson. I really admired what Pierre Dorian did last offseason to bring in Talbot, to bring in Debrinkat, to, to to get Giroux convinced to come home. Like, he did everything he could to improve this club. You can't help it that the team got a lot of injuries. He still needed to update, upgrade the defense. That was the one area that didn't get done. Um, and yeah. it's still, little, as we know, it's nagging. Kind of important. <laughs> it is. But there were steps in the right direction. It's just... I would have loved to have seen that deal done not involving Gus going the other way <laughs> if I could have done it. Yeah. You know, yeah. that would have been better. Because imagine you get Talbot for a year, Gus goes to the American League again, plays lights out, then he's ready if that's what the case was. But he was at that critical yep. juncture. So, you know, it's revisionist history to it. I still probably, if I had that deal on the table, would have taken it. Um, but I think it's tough because, man, that. You're not gonna now. You're not gonna have that asset like you had with Gustafson any longer. That could have been what he was, but he seemed to have needed a change of scenery anyway. His interviews afterwards it's, didn't sound yeah, like oh, yeah. he was ready yeah. to thrive with the sides. Yeah. <laughs> no. What do you think? They, oh, not by any means. Mike, Mike, if they uh, if they decide to trade Talbot, what do you think the market's going to be for Talbot come trade deadline? What do you think they can uh, poach for him? Look at the teams out there that are looking. You've got LA Kings that are probably sniffing a little bit. I'm sure the Pittsburgh Penguins aren't very comfortable right now with Tristan Jari and Casey DeSmith. Jari's been hurt off and on all year. When he hasn't been in the net, they haven't played nearly as well. Casey DeSmith's not as good a puck handler. His game's fallen a little bit. Talbot's the best goalie available on the market right now for me as a UFA. You're looking probably third round pick, fourth round pick, I think at least for that, which to me has got plenty of value. You know, if you get a third round pick for a goalie, why not take that? Backfill a little bit. 
Um, it makes sense. I'm not sure other teams that could be looking. There's always somebody. And honestly, I don't think trading for a goalie is a great idea, but play, teams do it. You know, and if I'm Pittsburgh, yeah. I want to do it because I can't trust Jari being healthy. And I don't trust Casey to Smith to win me a Stanley Cup or even make playoffs because that team has to make playoffs. So yeah. when when there's not a lot of supply out there, this old econ major here is telling you that demand is there for a certain one or two <laughs> players. And I think Talbot's probably at the top of that heap. Okay, okay. so this was supposed to have been a team that was going to depending on how your rose-colored glasses were skewed that day, it was going to contend for a playoff spot this year with Alex Dabrinkit coming in and Claude Giroux and Cam Talbot. Where are they at now? If we're going to trade Cam Talbot, arguably the number one who we're supposed to be, and maybe Alex Dabrinkit could be moved at some point, Like, are we back to square one here? Is this team starting to move forward? Until you... Until you upgrade the defense, I don't know where to put it. You know, <laughs> I, I yeah. <laughs> like has Debrinket been has Debrinket been good for the team? Yeah, but I'd sure like to have seen him already pot at twenty five goals this year. And I know it's asking a lot. Sure, You're looking yeah. at a fifty goal pace with that. Um, but can someone take that place? Can you backfill that production with some of the players? Not, and knowing that Norris has been out pretty much all year long, right? And and others, I I would feel more comfortable using that piece if you're moving to bring it to try to bring in a defenseman and make it work or two defensemen to overhaul that because yep. you know at this point is eric brandstrom ever going to be the big factor that you're hoped for i don't see it you know is, are there others you know where's zaitsa where's others it's just you need two more defensemen yeah. that can play and it's very hard to develop that completely from within i mean jake anderson sanderson's done a great job but he's first year pro right you know you got yeah. shabbat's gonna be there forever and do a good job you know that you can bank on two of them, um, but boy, it's going to be tough without that. So I don't mind losing to Brinkett. I don't mind losing Talbot, but I think if you can shore up the defense and let you know let the team score up front, I think there's going to be no problem with that. All right. Uh, well I have only one last question for you, and that is, uh, who wore it better, number thirty-three? Would that be Jason York or Mike McKenna? Oh, it's definitely oh, Jason York. I didn't even get to pick the number. I don't know why I got it. I mean, this is there it is. They, they gave it to me. York, York, is it to you? Was that your choice? Yeah, I got to pick it. <laughs> okay, I didn't even know. I didn't I mean, even know. Did the like three, three. I understand. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what's funny oh, is wow, that I funny. actually didn't get to wear. The number that I typically would wear when available or when a team would let me, um, because it's a non-traditional goalie number, and you know how hockey is, um, I'd wear yeah. 56. It was my dad's racing number. And Got it. when I was there, Magnus Payarvi had 56, which was really yeah. uncommon for me to walk into a team that had somebody with it. But he had it um, the year before in Dallas. Sergei Zubov wore 56, and they knew they were going to retire that number, so I couldn't wear it there. Um it's just funny how that works sometimes, but I have no idea why I got 33. I have no idea why I wore 43 in Arizona. No clue for any of these things. So, hey, no questions asked in the NHL. Goal, just say, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. They never ask because... it. They just, they tell you to be bear down on the first and the 15th and where we give you. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, they looked at the length of career Pascal Leclerc had in Ottawa and figured you should have it too. Oh. <laughs> well, we both wore Warwick masks. That was about the only thing we had in common. If, I tell you what, if that, 
I'd, I'd be worried if I was that guy, if I walked outside, I'd get hit by lightning with the bad luck he had in his career. <laughs> terrible luck. Like, he got hurt terrible. in the stupidest way, sitting on the bench, gets hit by a puck in the head and other things. Like, <laughs> I never missed a game it's of my wild. life due to an injury, not one. And that guy missed like basically his career ended by getting hit by a puck on the bench, you know, (laughs) dumb luck, man. Yep. Yep. He, he was, I felt bad for him because he's a super nice guy and I see him around now because he's a hockey agent, but really, really good guy. Um, Mike, I don't want to keep you any longer. I know you got to go, but we appreciate you stopping by and giving us your insight on uh, the goalie situation. And of course, always nice to see a former teammate hanging around. Yeah, it's great. I'm happy to. And it's, uh, it really is amazing to think like, Bobby, we talked about it, man. Like, like what 14 years later we come full circle and end up being teammates again like it was just great that was pretty special Small hockey world pretty cool i was yeah i i completely agree because that was it's the only time in my career that it's actually happened and it was incredible man so i'm glad we got to do that yeah. and uh and and yeah we got to catch up anyway so i'll i'll get at you after this and uh we'll catch up good to see you on on the on great. the pod though thank you hey you guys are well wait, 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 oh, wait a second wait am i gonna see you on the roller rink anytime soon a derby no chance um but you tell you what no, you get no. some kids playing ice and i'll be there so all right <laughs> deal. okay go. deal but alum nope. hey alumni games i'm a pretty mean centerman you just give me the puck and put your hands in the air because i can shoot that's it <laughs> i can't skate okay, deal. i can shoot the puck you just give it to me do you play goal deal. at all anymore uh charity deal. games uh alumni games if it's for something like that i'll play goal i do miss it um i miss yeah. stopping pucks yeah I don't like playing just beer league hockey. It's no fun for me. Um, but yeah. the charity things and, and alumni games, they're just fun to to get out and try to get in front of the puck every now and then. And, you know, even what was really nice about when I finished playing is that that when I took that job in Vegas with the broadcast team, I brought my gear out and occasionally practice with the club. So it was the perfect uh, way for me to kind of wean off of playing. I could still be competitive. Mark Stone and I could still go on the ice together and he could put everything past me. Um, <laughs> it was fun. So I do miss that part of it. Uh, Great stuff. All right. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thanks for having me, guys. See you, Mike. There goes Mike McKenna, who uh, is actually now another teammate of Bobby's with the Nation Network and Daily Faceoff. You can catch him uh, all the time on the Daily Faceoff podcast, as long uh, rundown it's called. And then uh, he's writing all the time as well. Um, You always spoke highly of Mike McKenna, uh, Bobby. Yeah, I've always been a fan of his. I actually always thought that he'd be incredible in this avenue that he's in now because you can see how incredibly insightful he is. Um, And especially in the goaltending position, there's not a lot of former goalies that kind of take that on. Um, So it was nice to have him on, nice to hear him, his thoughts. But I I had a lot of dinners with him over, you know, the two years, I guess, on and off that we played together and always hit it off, but always, always thought he was going to be a guy that did this kind of stuff because he was, he was bang on about a lot of things on the ice all the time. And he wanted to do stuff in Ottawa. Yeah. Like when he got here, he was like, I wanted, like, I I asked him about going and doing a thing about cooking and going to his house and having him cook dinner or whatever. Uh, The Sens just wouldn't let him do it. So it was a little frustrating for him because he's, nah, but you can see um, he's very, very articulate. Uh, Anyway, we will have him back on. Lots of people asking about him coming back. We will. Um, There was a, uh, you know what, uh, last thing before we get to uh, Montana's. there's a couple of guys in the chat that said, or I should say people, um, want Craig Anderson to come back. They want Talbot, if they trade Talbot, to bring back Andy. Bobby, you uh, just had dinner with Andy. Do you ever foresee yeah. Craig Anderson coming back and playing one more year? 
for the Ottawa Senators. Man, I, I told him he's got to retire and let the kids play. Um, if anybody's <laughs> offering... He's like Tom Brady. If, if, right? If anybody's going to offer him 750 next year, he's going to take it. But um, I actually really think he, he's in this perfect situation there where they're carrying three goalies and he's so cheap that, you know, he kind of had his pick of what he wants to do. So he's in that mentor role. I could see him doing that, but I don't think it'll be in Ottawa. I think he wants to stay in the U.S. from here on out because it's it's quick and I mean Ottawa is not hard to get to, but at the same time, it was always quick and easy for his wife to pop up to Buffalo from where they are. Uh, so I think he's pretty content. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Uh, okay, before we, uh, coming up to the game, but first, you have two more days. Uh, tonight and tomorrow, get to Montana's. They're giving away a $100 gift card. Um, so they basically want you to go to Montana, snap a photo of you and your crew for a chance to win a $100 gift card. That's at Montana's. Um, and then just like the post, follow Montana's Barbecue and Coming in Hot Sends and tag them and uh, with your photo and enter the draw. We'll give out the draw on Thursday. So if you're looking to take your significant other out tonight, maybe make it Montana's where you can also perhaps win a gift card. And it's $5 taco night uh five dollar taco tuesday five dollar tuesdays on taco i don't know but for five dollars get some tacos uh anyway uh, that's it at montana's and check out uh, all their locations at montana's barbecue okay last night's game boys uh i don't know if you know this tim Stutzel had another four point game he just yeah. and he wasn't very good i didn't think for a lot of this game well the senators weren't very good for a lot of that game 
I was getting ready to do my lock of the day and change the graphics and make it that I was one in four. And then all of a sudden, Drake Batherson scored. Um, you guys have played in these games. You saw, and I wanted to ask Bobby specifically about Alex Dabrinkit's goal, but uh, you can oh. feel that momentum shift really quick, eh? Yeah, it's incredible that, that the ice just finally tilted in the favor of them um, in the last oh, maybe eight to ten minutes, maybe a little more than that. I, I but you you felt it shift. Yeah, I I did not. I had a feeling that the tie was coming. I don't know why. Um, I, I I'll say that, but at the same time, everything everything started going their way. There was an opportunity to clear the puck twice that didn't get out. That they they held in and hemmed them in. Um, you know, Brandstrom uh, threw one away that should have been cleared immediately, and um, they got the puck back both times and they stayed with it and got rewarded. But um, it was nice to see Drake crack, uh, Drake, excuse me, cash in on the doorstep. And then um, I mean, I could talk about that the Brinkett shot all day, but that's that is a a bona fide goal scorer's goal. Like, well, I was I, w I was out at the cat, Wally, when I got your text. You texted me about something, and it was 3-1 at the time, and I was laughing. Wally's going to be 1-3. and three. We're going to tease him all day. And all of a sudden, I get home, and it's 3-3. Three, three. Rewatch the entire game this morning. Ottawa was not very good for about no, 55 yeah. minutes of that game. And it's not that Calgary was great, but it's, I think that's the advantage of having some guys that, are, that can score when – when, when you need it, like a guy like Dabrinkit and Drake. People can say what they want about Drake Batherson, but, man, he's he gets an opportunity. He's going to put it in the net. So it's one of those games you don't deserve to win, but I'm, I'm sure if we went back and looked at all the games the Senators have played this year, there's probably a lot of games they probably should have won that they didn't. So goals even out. But I, I kind of disagree. I watched Stutzler because I kept – I was watching as I was out last night. People kept saying, ah, Stutzler's struggling. He's – Here's the thing. When you have the puck on your stick as much as Tim Stutzla does, you're going to make mistakes. The puck's going to bounce on you. It's not always going to be perfect. I, I'm, I'm actually amazed of, of how, how, how often he doesn't mishandle the puck. So last night, I think ice conditions, yeah. I kept hearing about ice conditions, weren't great. I saw Brady mishandle it a couple times, a few of the Calgary guys as well. But he could have had seven points in that game, Bobby. I don't know how, and, and well, I don't know yeah. how close you watched that. He made a pass early in the game. I think he set uh, he set up Kachuk earlier as a, it was a seam pass. Couple, if it wasn't for Kachuk, or sorry, if it wasn't if it wasn't for Stutzla in that game, <laughs> they don't have any offense. That's how good he's been. None. And and yeah, and, and we we. Bobby, I think we talked about him about two months ago on what he was going to become in this league. I think he's already become that. He's he's. I have no problem saying he is already a star in the league. I have no problem saying that. Yeah. He is a star. Even on a bad night where he was kind of fighting it, he was by far the best player on the ice last night with all the bobbles. The guy has the puck all the time. Yeah. So, of course, he's going to make mistakes. And he's 21 years old. I Man, it's I, scary. Uh, yeah. It's pretty scary. Bobby, like the way he yeah. controls the game and, and his skating, it's, it's – He's on a different level. He's playing a different game than everybody else out there. So, um, again, it's yeah. – uh, man, I, I, I'm excited to see where he's at when he's 26 years old. It's going to be – I was going to say, yeah, imagine him into 25 – I think the, the prime of players has shifted to 24 through 26, 27, right? That's that, – he's yeah. the prime. Remember, guys used to get paid at 29, and then they were there in their prime. But it, that's not the case anymore. And him at 24, stronger, skating the way he's already skating um, – 
is going to be, you know, I think you're right about him being a star. You're just going to want to watch him move into a superstardom. And I think he has every opportunity to do that. That's for sure. So, Bobby, I want to ask you this, because as, as a defenseman, and this is what happens, the first couple of years in the league, you kind of get by on instinct and talent. But then after you loop around the league three times, I used to get a mental playbook on what forwards could do. All right, this guy's going to do this. I mean, this guy likes to go wide. Stutzler's playing right now just on instinct and talent. Like, Waitley gets some experience and and, and right? kind of figures out yeah. what, what works and what doesn't work on certain guys. It's If he stays yeah. healthy, it's going to be crazy what he's going to be able to do. Well, think about the way he's backing guys off at 21, right? When he gets the puck at the red line and D are just saying, we're going to cave to the middle and allow him to yeah. kick it out because him with the puck on his stick. When he gets that... That and that's a next step for a player like this. When he gets to go from the red line to the blue line with more time and space, and you, you always say take it away, but you instinctively defensemen give it to you more than they take it unless you're in a corner situation. When he when he finds out the angles and, and the ways to attack that are different that allow guys to really, really find lanes to be open, um, he, I mean, he's already a goal scorer too, but he's, he's going to be one hell of a playmaker, I think. Yeah, I agree 100%. So I have a question for both of you. What, hey, by the way, Drake Batherson and Plus Two, I think we should always promote him when we, we've been hammered on him so hey. um, uh, uh, He stumbled on 17 when, and 18. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so when um, when I watched, and I, and I watch it as a fan more than anything, when you watch Tim Stutzla, he seems unpredictable because, as you say, he hasn't figured it out necessarily, which makes him, to me, more dangerous because you don't know what necessarily he's going to do. I'll ask you both, and maybe Yorkie, you can tell me as a defenseman, how you play him. Because normally, you guys in the NHL are fairly structured in how you do your lanes and everything. He just seems to go wherever the hell he wants. So I'll tell you, as a defenseman, I was thinking about this. There's certain players that can do certain things. I'll take a Debrinket, for example. I know if I'm playing against Debrinket, he's going to drive wide, but he's never going to try and beat me wide. He's always going to pull up yep. and try and hit a late guy or a delay because he's he's not big enough. He's not strong enough to cut wide and get to the net on me. A uh, guy like Brady, he's going to bulldoze to the net on me or he's going to try and shoot it through me. So I got to be prepared for different things. If I'm facing a guy like Tim Stutzla, yeah, he might pull up, but he can also beat me wide. He can also shoot it off the rush. He's got... It's almost like a, what do they call one of those baseball players? A five-tool five baseball tools. player or whatever. Yeah, he's got, so he's a, we'll call him a five-tool hockey player. Any way yeah. you can think of being beat by a defenseman, he can beat you. He wants to stick the leg out and drive wide. You have to respect that. So to what Bobby just said, I'm going to back in because I don't want to get beat wide by Tim Sutza. So He'll see you back in. What's he going to do? He's going to loop up and he's going to hit late guys. So he can do anything. And and to me, that's that's why you pay guys that much money. That's and and they got him in a deal at eight million. And that's why I'll always say other guys. I, I, I don't I don't want to poo poo on Debrinket again, but he's not a five tool player. Uh, Stutzla's a five tool player. That's why he's that good. He's just you called him well. You, you as as a fan of the game, you said he's unpredictable. Because you don't know what he's going to do because he can do everything. Yeah. He's I, he's I agree, becoming that the player. Only thing oh, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. Sorry. I, I was going to say you, you named three or four ways, but you know what? I mean, 
Yorkie, he can also fake you outside and come right back to the middle because his edge work is so good oh, that, you know, know, he can make, I mean, he can do, he can do all those things and then he can embarrass you too. So if I'm a D man, I'm going like this and I'm poking with one hand up and I'm steering the <laughs> wheel going, going, shoot it through my five hole and, and let's, let's hope the goalie's on his A game. <laughs> yeah. I, See, he's becoming yeah. one of the few players or starting that you think about of paying to go see. Um, right. You talk yeah. about, you well, want to go see me, David, Crosby, whatever, but like, yeah, I want to see Tim Stutz the play. You don't know what he's going to do. And Jason Spezza was always that guy for me. Always had no mm -hmm. idea what he might be capable of doing. Um, and I, it's yeah. extremely entertaining and that's exactly what the game should be is entertaining. Um, okay. Yeah. So, and by the way, uh, just how good has Tim, has Tim Stutz been over the last 20 games? Well, uh, he's, he leads the team in scoring. Uh, he's got 13 goals, 13 assists, 26 points in the last 20 games. Claude Giroux next at 20 points. Kachuk at 18. Drake Batherson, 14. Should point out, Alex Dabrinkit does have nine goals in his last 20 games. Uh, he's got 13 points overall. Uh, they are, I mean, they continue to score goals, but Tim Slitzer just seems to have another gear or another level. Uh, I think in that time, he's got three four-point games. Um, he... I don't know how much more there is to say about him, but he's a hell of a hockey player, it seems, that's for sure. And I know everybody yeah. likes to dump on Alex Lafreniere and uh, Quinton Byfield, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, they you don't know that he, it's, who's going to do what, but he looks really it's good. A it's a tough league to play in. Like, it's not – what he's doing is – it's crazy. It usually takes you a while. I don't, I don't care if you're drafted in the top four or first. It's – very rare do guys step into the league and dominate. There's a huge adjustment period, and that's why it's it's uh, to me it's 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 crazy what he's doing. Okay. Uh, by the way, do you like my title? Happy oh, Valentine's my Day! <laughs> oh my god! I walked I walked right past that. Hey, if you were, what I was going to say, what time did you get to bed last night, Wally? <laughs> <laughs> oh. I nailed it right there. I, I yeah. guess I should have put hey, a um, on it. That's pretty good. You know what? I we do. I I do think before we go, because I, I think we're wrapping up here, Wally. Um, we. We talk about the defense. We everyone was wondering what was going to happen here with with Ottawa with yep. Sanderson in the lineup. I, I got to say, last night, um, one of the guys that stepped up. Holy cow! I can't believe I'm forgetting his name. The uh, Eric Brandstrom. The little Eric Brandstrom. Sorry about that. He did look really good. But here's Great. the thing: he ne he never would have got that opportunity to be on in the last minute of a game if Jake Sanderson wasn't there, wasn't wasn't on the ice. So. Everyone's talking about uh, Dabrinkit's goal, which was an unbelievable shot. Goal scorer's goal, but but that goal doesn't happen unless unless this pass right here through the seam, this little one yeah. right there, like yes. that's a that's a high high skilled play, Bobby, for a defenseman to make to even have the nuts to try yep. that. Um, but and I'm, uh, uh, I'm I not, so right right here is the only thing that I had a problem with was to dump back down low because you have yeah yeah. That's that's your that's it. your option C. Yeah, that go back yeah, or yeah. or use your bumper because you got a right-handed guy. But they both made a nice yeah. recovery, and he was able to. I mean, he was able to recover very well because that was a great pass through the seam. Yeah, I, I just. Shot. I I think the Senators are going to get an opportunity. And here's the thing: I don't think they'll ever trade him as long as Pierre Dorian is the general manager because general managers 
never want to admit they're wrong. He gave up Mark Stone to to, to bring to bring Brandstrom in. But now we're going to get us with Sanderson out. We're going to get him see an opportunity to play the power play a little bit and to get on the last minute when you need a goal. And hey, made good here, made a great pass. And 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 without that pass to Switzer, that that goal doesn't go in. So I really liked his game. And I'm really excited to see how he plays here while Sanderson is out of the lineup. Maybe he can get some points. Um, and, and I and I, I really think they should trade him. But I, I just, I know Dorian's not going to trade him because he's not going to admit he was, you don't, as long as he's here as a general manager, I, I don't think he gets traded. So whenever they do change things up here, I, I think that's when you see a guy like Branstrom get moved. Yeah, interesting. It'll be an interesting I'm follow. wondering, does the goal that he scored... Has he got a little bit of a boost from that now? Right? A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And then, yeah. and then not only that, he scores in a game where a guy that's directly ahead of him goes down. So you never, and, and I can say this full knowledge of the NHL, you never want to see a teammate go down and, um, and you get elevated because of it. But at the, at the certain point in time, he had to turn the page and say, look, Sandy's out and it's this is my opportunity and I got to make advantage of it and take advantage of it excuse me so um I think he's feeling it a little bit and I think he made some really good plays last night I'm really interested to see him tonight in a back-to-back situation a couple guys yeah as well I, I think he's well Speaking. I think he's gonna build off it yeah. I sorry just one more point yeah. on Branstrom when he was going through that little rut he was playing 13 minutes a game if you're a yeah. skilled puck moving defenseman you're gonna look like shit when you play 13 minutes a game. It's just, it's just how it is. Minutes are up. He's on the power play now, playing in some offensive role. He's gonna look way better. I, I, I foresee him uh, rolling off this. And sure, he's gonna get confidence, but he's getting the confidence. Yeah, the goal helped, but it's playing. The more you play as a defenseman, it's a tough, tough position to play when you sit and you play 13 minutes. So I, I, I'm excited to see how he does because I think, I think he, I think he could be a player. I just don't see it in Ottawa because of Sanderson and Shabbat. That's very fair. Well, speaking of tonight, how about now? Time for Lock of the Day, brought to you by Botano.ca, uh, where the Senators are on Long Island. Uh, go to Botano.ca, where the game starts now, and download the app. Uh, and you, too, can play alongside and pick one of us schmucks to lead you to victory, which would obviously be me after the success I've had with one pick. Uh, I'm going to ride this as long as I can. <laughs> as um, well. Fair. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Bobby, we're going to start with you and what you think of what's going to happen with Long Island tonight. The Islanders heavily favored, by the way. This line has changed drastically. Yeah. They, I think the Islanders were at minus 131 <laughs> to start this morning. Um, Bo Horvat's playing really well. The Islanders are playing well. Uh, Brock Nelson's yeah. on a 10-game point streak. Uh, the Sens have lost five straight at Long Island. They don't play well against the Islanders, although they did win the last meeting. Um, okay, what happens? I, I'm going to take the Islanders only because I know how hard of a travel that is post game. Um, and getting to the island, you're never close to where you need to be when you land. Um, again, <laughs> Horvat's playing well. Yep. Um, it, the, the team's just the team's just a better team right now, and they and on home ice I'm taking them, uh, and not because I don't want to ride the Sens, uh, the brand wagon, but I'm telling you that the, the, <laughs> it's the Islanders tonight. It's got to be the Islanders. <laughs> uh, all I remember play, when I used to play against the Islanders is some joker would call the hotel all the time and wake you up during your oh, yeah. uh, your pregame your pregame nap. You'd answer the phone and be City. some Islanders fan. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. saying, screw you. You're going to win this tonight. And I, like, 
<laughs> so, um, yeah, crazy, crazy. I'm taking the Islanders too. I just think they're they've got some juice right now from the Bo, Bo Horvat trade. They're, those guys are feeling like they got to yeah. get on a roll. Back to back is tough, and we'll see. I, Ottawa got great goaltending last night. Have they said who the starter is going to be tonight, fellas? Do we know? No, but Ottawa? it's got to be Mad Sogard. Like. Yeah, it does. I, I can't imagine think, right? going to Kevin Mandelis. Yeah, I think Matt Sogard plays every game until Cam Talbot's back. Yeah, agreed, yep. agreed, yeah. Yep. No, agreed. he was good last night. He was good last night. Can he do it again? Uh, who knows? But I'm taking the Islanders. A, I think they're feeling it right now. Tough one. Yeah. So here's the aisle. Okay, you guys have talked about the, the trip into Long Island and tough night, but whenever a team plays back-to-back, maybe it's the home, maybe when it's at home it's different, but – there's always a jump early on by the team that's played the night before because they're ready to play. It's the third period where they start to maybe slow down. I'm wondering if Ottawa can come out with that jump and catch them. This I, I don't know the Ottawa. I'm going to take the Senators. I'm going to take – they're going to ride this momentum. Eric Brandstrom Ooh, played uh, 1904 last night, which is the most he's played since yeah. November 23. Tim Stutzla is on a different level. Uh, there, by the way, there is no Nick Holden. Uh, Jacob Larson's in the lineup. Again, that porous defense is even more porous, but I'm going to stick with the Sens and hope that I am victorious right. and that you guys are wrong again. Let's just see what this <laughs> Ottawa right. team can do. They Listen, they got nothing to play, right? They're not really fighting for a playoff spot. They're not in the room going, man, we got the playoffs oh, ahead yeah. of us. They're just now playing. I know what yeah. you're doing. You, well, yeah. you've been taking a lot of heat lately because the – the, the Sens fans yeah. in the chat have been yeah. giving it to you, saying you're not a Sens, you don't like the Sens, and you're trying to prove that you're like a fanboy now. I know what's Listen, going on. Yep. Yorkie, if the Sens win tonight, and I, and I want to thank Alfie's mullet for bringing this up, you will lose your tag as smartest man in hockey. Okay, listen, I lost the Super Bowl, but I don't, I don't know anything about football. That one shouldn't count. And last night, you've lost. Here we go. Yeah, here we go. The Sens Sen yeah. should have lost that game last night. Like, that was ridiculous. Hey, totally outplayed for. I, I want to. I agree with you, but I want it to be known that because you started off so well, you were first on the tee box, and I just had to make my record worse by going against you. To try. So, <laughs> um, so, you know. It's like I, I watched you stripe it down the fairway, and now I gotta now I gotta give it an extra 10, 15 percent, and that's yeah. why I'm at nine OB. and nine instead of right up there with you. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kept, yeah. kept hitting them, yeah. OB. Yeah, complete so, spray to so the right. Bobby, so. <laughs> do, you, do you agree that that Yorkie should maybe lose his tag as smartest man in hockey if the Sens win tonight? No, I'm not giving. Yeah. No, I'm not going to give him that um, because he's thirteen and five is still pretty darn good. Well. I control like, the graphics. Like a, It'll be gone. That's like a that's like a Cy <laughs> okay, Young. That's enough. like a Cy Young record right there, thirteen and five. Come on, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Okay, All well, right. we'll see. Games at seven thirty tonight. They're in Long Island. Uh, the Senators do struggle there, but I'm hoping that Tim Slutsa and company can lead this group. Mm. Out of it. Um, we will see you on Thursday. Andrew Hammond is our guest. Uh, enjoy your night. Uh, enjoy Wednesday. Don't forget the Montana's. Go there, take a picture, enter the enter the, the contest for a $100 gift card. Thank you, guys. Uh, we'll see you on Thursday. You're watching Coming In Hot, brought to you by Botano.ca. See you, guys.
Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.